Welcome to Jayan.tv Podcasts. Here we cover topics on living spirituality, deep territory ranging from the heart of the human condition to the most mundane and practical affairs of modern life. Our guest is one of the most provocative and inspiring speakers of our time. Medicine man, healer, tribal leader, visionary, philosopher, just several of the names attributed to Jayan's work. Jayan delivers unscripted discourses packed with living knowledge. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. We'll see you on the inside. Who said there's a virus in the first place? Who says a virus exists? How do you know? Whatever you know, you know because somebody told you. Does a virus exist? Maybe. Does a virus doesn't exist? Maybe. What do you know? You don't know. Science told you. You presume that science is your friend or you presume that science is speaking the truth to you. But uh, do you know what science is? Do you know what uh, science is within the context of society? Do you know what society is really about? You know where society is going and how it is utilizing quote-unquote science to guide people's minds? You don't know this. So you just presume that there is such a thing as a virus. Uh, today, in the 21st century, they show you 3D animation of a virus. Do you know? It's not a drawing. Okay, cool. It's 3D. It's like CGI, in fact. So it's like a movie. And then you see the virus, and then they give you a narrative behind it. I'm not saying there is no virus or there's a virus. I'm saying you don't know. This is what I'm saying. And uh, because you're ignorant, well, you're susceptible to any person's influence. And uh, we, everybody knows that um, media and TV, I call it TV, is a propaganda machine. I am not saying this is negative, I'm saying it's designed to put idea in your head and push you to do something. This is what consumerism is about. So when they're presenting to you uh, now the coronavirus, whether the virus exists or virus doesn't exist, whether the virus is, it's irrelevant. It has an agenda. And that agenda is so strong and so powerful and so precise and so meticulously engineered that your average person who is absolutely completely clueless about the most fundamental aspect of life, which is yourself and your health, they don't know. So they receive this, imagine, but imagine for a moment, just humor me and be neutral, that you're at home minding your business and now the authorities, those that you believe, those that you trust, they come and say, listen, there is a virus and Everyone in the common era knows about the concept of a virus and people die of virus. Everybody's heard of cancer. Whether you live in the ghetto of uh, Cambodia or in Manhattan, you know cancer. You cannot not know cancer. It's part of our ethos. So I'm not saying cancer and virus are connected. I'm just saying modern science or the medical science, everyone has heard of it. Yet who understands this? And even those who have gone to study this, well, what do they know? How many have actually been in the laboratory? 
really. You hear, uh, I've had the privilege, and I'm not sure if it's a privilege, but it was a privilege because I learned to spend quite a lot of time in university, and uh, I've studied in science in university, and I'll tell you, well, they tell me stuff. I have big, thick bricks, books, and you have a teacher who's generally a, some PhD student, God knows if they're doing their third, sixth, or first thesis, and they're teaching you models. This is how chemistry works, this is how uh, molecules are organized and they show you drawings. Now, I haven't gone those kinds of classes in years, I'm pretty sure now it's updated so it's all CGI, 3D stuff. Must be more interesting, it's like a movie now, if the teacher's entertaining at least. And you're just taking it in. You've never stopped and wondered, is, is what they're saying the truth? Never. It wouldn't dawn on you, because how could it not be the truth? Look at what science can do. It can, quote-unquote, cure disease. It can, quote-unquote, send men to the moon. We have a problem because they haven't sent women to the moon, so we can still officially just say man. We don't have to say man, woman for this one. But, or maybe a woman's gone to the moon and I'm ignorant of this. But this was just, uh, I, had to, I had to say. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is like, it's all been orchestrated so that you see certain things consistently over your life that you like automatically presume that, well, look at what you've done. You can send a person on the moon. Obviously, your science knows what it's talking about. Obviously, if you say that there's a virus, there is a virus. And if you say that the virus is the cause of my disease, and you're saying now that there is a virus running rampant in society attacking people, and that it can attack me, and that my neighbor can spread it to me, and you don't know. You don't know anything. You don't even know how to eat. Think about it. You don't even know how to eat. Even the doggy dog knows how to eat. But you don't know how to eat. <laughs> so now they tell you this, and you know how they do it. Like, they're pros. Like, they are, they are so good. It's like, I've been studying this consciously for a good 20 years. I'm like, wow, I'm impressed. Like, I'm like, they're just getting better and better and so precise and also blatant. They don't care. What are you going to do? But like, what are you going to do? Like, really? Most people are, I don't want to be disrespectful, but idiots. And they're fools. They don't know, right? Which is the real definition of that word. And uh, well, but even if you did know, like you go on the alternative media on the internet and you have all, a bunch of people barking each one saying something based on their interpretation of science and it doesn't matter but what you're gonna do what you're gonna do you're gonna like go and march no you're not like it doesn't really matter anyway another tangent all this i'm trying to say is that imagine you're receiving this and you don't know and they're telling you something is going to kill you and then they go at it and they bombard you with statistics every day how many people but you don't know anything about science, you don't know about research, you don't know about statistics, you don't know how statistics are made, you don't know what a test is, you don't know what a blood test is, you don't know how it works, you don't know what they're looking for, you don't know what successes they've had in the past, you don't know, you don't know anything, you don't, you just, you, you haven't thought about those things because you're concerned with your everyday life, how's your daughter, how's your grandmother, how's your mother, how's your uncle, you, you're not concerned with science. A few people are, and how many of these people go deep enough to actually understand what they're doing so that they can actually present a critique of it? You'll be surprised. You think people in university are unintelligent. Having spent seven years in university, I tell you most people are not intelligent. They are good at repeating. 
and they're good at combining certain kinds of threads of information in order to present a certain answer which fits within a, a narrative. But to have critical thinking, it's a very, very rare thing to actually stop and say, because you would stop at the first word they say, like, how do I know? Conversation closed. How are we going to have a course in chemistry? In life is made of atoms. This is like first class, right? How do I know? Conversation closed, because now we got to go prove to ourselves that such things exist. No, no, we have science, and science is based on the science of other scientists, and it's built over hundreds of years, and this is what it is. And how do we prove this? Look, we sent man on the moon. We have these amazing cars. We can communicate across the world with a, on the push of a button. Clearly, science knows what it's doing. Yeah. Uh, from one point of view, clearly, it knows what it's doing. But does that mean that what you're receiving is what it really does or how it really works? So in every tradition, in the spiritual world, it's divided in two. In fact, anything connected to power is always divided in two. You have exoteric, esoteric. Exoteric meaning the outside, what you present to everyday people. And esoteric, which is what is really going on behind the scenes, which is so profound that your average person wouldn't wrap their minds around that and it would terrify the living shit out of them. So the exoteric, the outer form, is some kind of composition that you make that incorporates certain elements of truth, but you uh, dress it in a way that's easily digestible for your average individual. It creates a, a story and they can project themselves within the story and make sense of reality according to that story. It doesn't, the, the story is not the reality. That's what you gave to them. And of course the story is adjusted according to what you want people to believe by default, by the process to feel and through what they believe and feel, well how they behave and that's now very easily directable. But again, if you've only known in your life exoteric affairs in every sphere of your life, how would you even know that there is such a thing as esoteric? And let us say that you even discover via YouTube, <laughs> or let's say you find a book that speaks about esoteric affairs. Even if you read it, even if they tell you what they do, you can't understand because it's only for initiates. And the process of being an initiate is not a question of having read a book. You can read a million books, you will never be an initiate of any system or any tradition. It, it's something completely different. So a person on the outside can never really know what's going on the inside unless they are an initiate. You don't become an initiate just because you want to, which is a conversation we can have a little later on. All I'm trying to say is that your average person has absolutely no clue. And most people who go study university are there Having seen it for myself, they just want to get their grades. They want their diploma. They want to go and have sex and drink their beers and party. And they want to move on and get a job and get their car and their condo. And uh, people who actually care about the knowledge, there are very few. And people who actually go deep into it are even fewer. Like, I, how many people? You know? So when the media now puts this out, they're making it literally like a movie. They're there to push the buttons of fear in your system. And what are they saying? Well, they're saying you're in trouble. So you better do what we say or something very hard is going to happen and this is, you're going to die. 
they do the same thing. You don't know what cancer is. You don't know how your body works. You don't know anything. Like people think they know because they now believe science is true. So of course I know how my body works. No, you don't. You don't know. No, no. Of course it works this way, and there's your blood and oxygen. I'm like, no, no. This is what you were told. It may make sense in your mind, but everything makes sense if you want it to make sense. If you take the time and the story is properly composed, it makes sense. That's what a good story is. Sometimes you go watch a movie, and the movie sucks. There's a good storyline, but there's holes, there's gaps. So the same goes for any theory. If it's a good theory, it means it holds itself, and you can dance within it. It's contained, and it makes sense from within the bubble. So what I'm trying to say uh, is, um, it's kind of like a mantra. Well, if you don't know how your body operates. You don't have any idea. Then you, you find yourself in a position where somebody tells you, well, you're going to die. You're very scared. What to do? So you will accept. What else can you do? You're scared. And you're scared for your children. And you're scared for the people you love. You're scared to lose your things. Your house. Your pension. I don't know. Your chalet. Your cars. Your business. Your wedding ring, I don't know, but you're scared. All you, all you see that you've worked so hard to build your life, and now there's a threat, and you may lose everything. It's a hard place for people to be. It's the worst place, in my humble opinion. And contrary to some kind of terrorist that can come from another country, or that can... That this is invisible. At least the terrorists... Yeah, okay, let's say they're organizing themselves in the invisible, but sooner or later they come with a gun. And you, you see the person, right? This is an invisible threat. You cannot see it. You cannot perceive it. You cannot touch it. <laughs> you can't even defend yourself against it. Yes, there is, of course, strengthening your immune system. By the products, of course. But let's be honest. By the time that this is happening, your fear is already destroying your, your immune system. Is, if you don't know how your body works, it's because you're already sick. But this is a big subject that we'll break down later on. Nah, you're going to boost your immune system. Come on, dude. You're going to drug yourself with some plants. That's not going to boost none. But that's another conversation. Again, there's so many conversations gonna be, we're going to have later. I'm trying to uh, stay on the thread. Because you don't know how your body works, because you don't understand these basics, you're susceptible to any influence. And even if in your deepest marrow you don't believe them, they inject in you that idea. And that idea is so powerful. It's pure magic. It's witchcraft at its highest degree using modern day technology to inject in your system those, uh, the virus literally. What to do? Now it's too late. And on the other hand, then you have all the people who they don't believe the government. This is a growing community that's uh, international with the internet as its uh, hub, let's say. They don't believe this. So they are fighting to try to figure it out. And then they're discovering other scientists who have another theory or another interpretation of the, of the stats. And they're trying to find a way to make themselves not afraid by having counter facts that say this is false. And okay, I, I respect that. I'm, I'm aware of those uh, statistics as well. What does it change? 
at the end of the day, maybe it can appease you because you don't believe it, but you're not totally sure. And generally they still believe in the virus because they don't understand how the body works, except they will say the virus is weak. Yeah, but you said there's a virus. Do you understand what a virus means according to the religion of science? A virus means that there's a thing on the outside of yourself that for no reason will invade you and seek to destroy you. That's what the word means. I'm not inventing this. This is the implication of the word. Now, you can counter the attack of such a virus if, first of all, you're fortunate, second, you avoid contact with it, and if you're not weakened because they believe in the immune system. Of course, there's an immune system. No, again, it's an interpretation. The body has different functions. Because you believe in a virus, then you believe that there must be an army to kill the virus. If there was no virus, it's an interpretation. Well, would you then call it an immune system as the army that wants to kill the invaders? Or would it become something else? Do you understand? This is important. Don't go off and invent, I didn't say that. No, there's parts of the body that do specific functions. How you interpret what they do, this is according to your belief. So the foundational belief that you find in science is what? And this is never spoken, but it's everywhere. And the very word virus is like the flower of their ideology. The ideology is simple. Nature is your enemy. It is attempting and seeking to kill you. Kill you, your family, your loved ones, your mother, your brother, your sister, your daughter, your uncle, your nephew, your best friend, your aunts, and your doggy. This is what it's saying. This is what the science is representing. So they're saying, fear not. We, with our very smart intellect, will find a way to protect you. And now we have composed some vaccines or medications, drugs, stuff that essentially burn shit, to protect you from those things. And there's the immune system, of course, which is there to protect you from these horrible attacks by this horrible nature. But your immune system, because it's being invaded constantly, is going to be weak and sooner or later you will falter. Watch yourself. In fact, I'll push it one step deeper. One of the biggest killers on earth, everybody knows, is cancer. And according to our friends, the scientists, cancer, this is my simple definition of it. Don't get upset if it's not perfect. You understand what I mean. There is such a thing as a DNA. Ooh, what is DNA? It's the code that makes the cell do what it is and makes the body be what it is. Okay? So they say that there is something that happens within the cell that makes the DNA, that means the very code, change. And then by that change, these cells now start to reproduce in an anarchistic way. And the outcome is it kills you. So this is their vision. Hey. So they have said that my own body will turn against me. Change is very foundational structure and information code in an attempt to destroy me and everything I love. But this is, a, this, is, this is exactly what I'm saying. 
Did, did I say cancer exists or doesn't exist? I said, this is your interpretation of a symptom. This is your interpretation. And you don't realize where the interpretation is coming from because you most likely haven't thought about it. But the interpretation comes from a paradigm. You believe or you see life in a particular kind of way. And the very essential paradigm of our society is that nature is out to get you and destroy you. Now, our job is to defeat it, conquer it, rise above it. And we can only do this with the power of our advanced intellect. If we can rise above our humanity, we can conquer nature and once and for all defeat the greatest foe, death. All of this from the word virus. Note this. So, it's not just a little virus. It's pushing the button of the greatest fundamental fear in every human being. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, I think in chapter one of my book, which you can download for free if you feel inspired to get it, I'm speaking about how to make an empire tremble you make an empire tremble by asking questions. Intelligent questions. Stop presuming that you know. And I'm not saying to, to be on the opposite end, saying it's all false and go out and trip like some, some people we know on the internet. I'm not saying this. I'm like, but you don't know. At some point, I came across the so-called flat earth movement. Many people have gone through this. And uh, like everyone, I went to school. They showed me a globe earth. I said, great, first instinct, where are we? Then uh, I went to see, where's Egypt? Because I'm, my family is descending from Egypt. I'm like, ah, this is Egypt. Oh, look how far it is. Then we lived in Saudi Arabia some, some time. This is where Saudi Arabia came. This is, I'm, I'm a young dude, maybe five, six years old. Then uh, when we came back to Canada, then uh, I looked at the map. Now I knew more places. I knew words. So when we were in, in Saudi Arabia, we went to Egypt. Then we went to Europe in different countries. So I can pinpoint very happy. Look, I've been here. I've been here. I've been here. I don't know nothing, right? And that's it. Then they go to tell you in school, the sun rises in the east and sets in the west. Okay, the sun rises in the east and sets in the west. And that's almost basically, oh, oh, let's never forget. I remember this very perfectly. It was fourth grade, so that would make me eight, nine. Then we speak about the sky. It was maybe one class and some person came at a little booklet. Remember, this is the 80s, right? And we spoke about the, the sky and the stars and how far it is and the famous question that every time they speak about the sky is does life exist out there and everyone in the class is like it's like you're watching a movie in your head wow does life exists out there that's it that's the that's the end of studying the sky of course because uh, i'm from upper middle class so at some point your father wants to educate you so he takes you to that uh, space dome or i don't know what it's called uh, you know the the Cosmodome where you watch a movie of the sky. <laughs> and then maybe they take you to places where there's a geek clubs looking through their super glasses, the sky telescopes, yeah. And I just hated it. I'll be honest with you. I always hated it. I found it so uninteresting. The, the lenses have changed since then, but back then I'm like, this is the same thing. My eyes or this thing, it's like, it's like instead of the dot being over there, it's right there. But... I see the same size, except for the moon, right? I'm like, this is boring. Give me a movie or something. I never, I never enjoyed it. I saw no point in it. And TV was more interesting for me. And I essentially, and years later, I understood. I wasn't entertained by the movie of uh, astronomy. Because it's a movie, ideas. And whenever people would talk about it, I'm like, this is a boring movie. 
it's just ideas and they don't entertain me. I prefer watching hockey or something, okay? It's a better sport, it's a better story for me. So, what I'm trying to say is that, besides this, I never considered the sky. I'm a city dude, I grew up in the city. When I was a kid, we moved to, for a couple of years, in some, I don't know how to say, not city. <laughs> how do you say not city? No, the other one. Campagne. The countryside. We're in the countryside somewhere in Saudi Arabia, so in the middle of nowhere on the mountain. Okay, so there's, you, you, you as a kid enjoy looking at the sky and you don't make anything of it. And uh, at some point, through the internet flow of things, some people start to talk about this flat earth, this flat earth. I'm like, this is nonsense. Note, this is not a video about flat earth and I'm not promoting flat earth. This is not at all what I'm trying to do. But here's the point. So I start to watch these videos because uh, I was curious and it was repetitive. And I put my attention on it for the first time. And I, once I finished digesting this, I went like, whoa. And here's what I got out of it. I just don't fucking know. And that was a gift for me. And I'm very grateful for the guys who've invested their time. And they, they, they believe that the earth is flat. I respect that. But what I got from that is a, such a counter position and made me slap in my face, say, you know, you don't know. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I don't know. And because I've been studying the body at this stage for more than 20 years, but at the time, let's say, I don't remember, it was 2014, maybe. So maybe it would have been 16 years that I've been studying the body and everything I've discovered about the human body is opposite of everything I've been told when I was a kid and that, that I studied in uni. So when that came to me, I'm like, I'm not saying it's all nonsense because science knows the truth. I'm already disillusioned with science because the most precious, important element in life, which is your health, I've, been ne I've never been told the truth. Everything I see in society, I've never been told the truth. So by that stage, I'm already disillusioned and I know that they, they're not, not telling me the truth. So when I heard this, I'm like, okay, I've never actually thought about it. I've never actually looked at the, st at the moon without thinking what they told me. Some of you will understand. You heard at the start of all of this, the coronavirus stay about, a, I don't know, two meters, six feet from another person. Social distancing. Y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. So suddenly you go outside. I don't give a shit about nothing, right? I'm like, I'm this is called NLP. You just got programmed. And it's intense. They've injected that in your brain. So I'm walking and I'm playing with the NLP they put in my brain. And I'm making rhymes with social distancing. I'm like, and I'm seeing a guy over there. I'm like, yeah, you ain't socially distancing, man. What you doing? You better social distance before I call the popo. And I kind of just, I just kind of played with that because it was so fresh in my new, at the, at the surface crust of my mind. I'm like, look at that. So, so everywhere I'm walking, I'm like, you ain't socially distancing. Shit, what? You're supposed to so. And somebody's walking, passing by. I'm like, you better social distance since you pass me by. What you do? I kind of played with that. So what I'm trying to say is that when an idea is injected in your brain with so much force and vigor and it's systematic and it creates a, it's the new atmosphere, you can't experience life without that layer appearing to you first. It's at the surface. It's there. So the very same thing would happen with the moon. Since I'm a kid, we had a friend, he was a geek, he had his astronomy kit, and he's like, this is the moon, and this is this, and this is that. So I'm like, let's look at this and that through the microscope, not the telescope. 
I'm like, this is boring. I can't even look at that thing now without that layer of information in my mind. When I received that data, it shattered the, the, the illusion that was in my mind that I had never spent the time or invested my energy to question. And I could start to look at the sky without that. And ask myself, what is this? That's my real genuine feeling. I'm like, this is, first of all, really fucking awesome. Look at that. Look at that fucking thing. It's gorgeous. And then, I, and then my mind started saying, but what is this? I'm, I don't know. So I'm bringing this back to the human body. I'm like, well, how many people have actually bothered to study the human body without the inference of science? Well, I can assure you very few people. Even those who are specialized, quote-unquote, of the human body, or studied yoga, they're not really studying the human body. They're studying yoga, which is a certain kind of philosophy diluted for, Amer for Americanism, which has to fit with the narrative of science, otherwise it would be against science and it would never be allowed to be promoted. So it's yoga science, and they're experiencing their bodies according to yoga science, and it's, right? It's always within that saying, oh no, but there's doshas. Fine, fine, fine. Right? We're going to talk about doshas in some other videos, and I'm going to break that down for you very joyfully. So even in the study of the body, for those people who are supposed to discover the body and show bodily conscious, no, you're not really. You're still within the paradigm of science. And you don't realize how deep that paradigm goes, what it's protecting you from in a way. It's protecting you from your fear of death that you don't realize and how long this fear of death has been from generation to generation to generation passed on. The most foundational fear in human beings that nobody, or very few people, dare I say, seem to address, wish to address, and find an actual solution. Solution not meaning you stop death, but you, the problem is fear, it's not death. Because quite obviously, especially in this realm, well, death is part of life, so it's not a problem, it's natural. So if it's natural, the problem is not what you call death, it's you're afraid. But nobody wants to talk about it. One of the oddest things I, I, I had as an experience as, as I was uh, growing up and still very tied with my family is watching my grandfather get really old and die. I was fascinating because he is the closest person to me who's coming to that passage. There are people who passed, but not close like this. And I was watching him, and I'm seeing him every year get more exhausted and exhausted, living off of the medication. He's surviving due to medical uh, medication, kind of like keeping him <laughs> functional. So every year he's becoming duller and duller and uh, it's dumber. It doesn't work. It doesn't circulate in his brain anymore. And uh, you could still have a conversation with him, but it was hard because that requires a certain creat creativity to speak. And he could just go into certain cassettes, which are like patterns that he's accustomed to, right? But once in a while, I would ask him, like, are you, are you like thinking about death? He's like, no. I'm like, you're about to die. Like, that's pretty obvious. Technically, anybody can die at any moment, but, you know, it's not, you, when you're 15, unless, uh, you know, shit happens, you're not supposed to die. But when you're 93, you're about to die. It's a question of time now. And the time is almost expired. And I was stunned, like, no, I ain't thinking about that. I'm good. Like, even now, when all, like, it's pretty obvious, you still don't think about that. I worked at the hospital also. 
when I was much younger at the beginning of all of this, and I would just, I was a little curious fellow, and I would just ask people, you know, I'd like to have conversations with, no, 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 nobody, nobody wanted to look about that. What, even, they're about to die, they ain't even thinking about that, like literally. So it chose to say that there's a problem. Sorry, our second camera dude made noise. He broke the flow. Hampering the flow. Anyways, so just uh, uh, I'll bring it back and close that loop. What I'm trying to say is that the coronavirus is representing a threat to our human, our life. Whether the coronavirus is true or not, it is clearly pinpointing or touching very sharply and deeply the fundamental fear in people, which is the fear of death. How are you going to remedy that fear? By giving yourself to science? By giving yourself to a religion which is the, uh, the science of before? And I respect this. Yeah, if I believe in this God, He promised me that uh, upon my death everything will be fine. Well, the science says this also, and you'll see in our lifetime, they will fix every disease. It's already happening now. Companies are already able to manipulate and adjust the DNA to rewrite it so that the disease disappears. The disease, pardon me, the symptom. But I'll just say disease to simplify. So this is going to happen. I really doubt it's not going to happen in our own lifetime. So you put your hand, yourself in the hands of science and you have a very great opportunity, most likely, I don't know, but then you're not going to die. This is happening in our own lifetime. Now, I don't know exactly what's going to happen. Who knows how many people are going to be executed and whatnot. <laughs> but science, within the next few years, companies who are on the stock market are doing advances in science and are in the phases of being approved by the FDA because they can solve this problem. So it's just a matter of time. And we're not at the speed at which is going. We're talking about 5, 10 years. Let's say it's become mainstream in 20 years. Let's say 30 years. I'm in my early 70s. Right? So their, their promise, and you got to respect that, because science in its, it's a religion, scientism, let's say. Real science ain't got nothing to do with this, okay? Real science is trying to validate for yourself. You have questions, and I want to validate for myself if this is true. And once you experience it, can you reproduce it, and can you show it to another person? And it's concrete. It's not in your imagination. Even if in the concreteness, we're speaking about very subtle things, because I can experience things very subtly, and it's concrete for me. But you can't experience it because you haven't made an effort to subtleize yourself. Anyways, so science re representing a paradigm has promised the people, I'm going to save you. Just trust in me. Invest yourselves in us. So for hundreds of years, what are people doing? Investing. In fact, this is my understanding, and this may not make sense to some people, this, the horrors of Christianity. Christianity evolved into science. Now, this is very deep. I want you to think about it, but the very foundation of our Western society is based on Christianity, and science is the very uh, burgeoning, is that a word? Burgeoning? Bourgeonnement? Zenith of the Western world, which is becoming the world over. 
So before people criticize and get their facts crooked, there, there needs to be a certain kind of reflection and seeing things a little more deeper than the superficial story that is always repeating in every book because there's no thought process behind it. It's like, it doesn't really work like that. Anyways, so they've promised the people that if you put their faith in, in them, they will provide you life everlasting. You will never die, you will not suffer, and there will be no disease. But this is what they promised, and this is what they're delivering. Now, nobody asks, well, yes, okay, but at what cost? How many people are smart enough to ask this question? People are so afraid, they don't care about the cost. It's like, well, I'll give you a million dollars, you save my life, it's a good deal. Yes, but at what cost? That is the question. At what cost are they offering you this? So now you have these, uh, those who are into the, let's call them more conservative people, alternative people, like, yes, it's the cost of our freedom. First of all, you were never free. You were under the illusion that you were free and you still buy into that illusion and you want to fight for that freedom. No, that's another conversation. So many conversations, what are we going to do? But let us say, they're like, it's at the cost of freedom. I'm like, no. But I understand absolutely their point of view. And from a point of view, they're absolutely correct. But from a global perspective, it's like, dude, you've always been in the zoo. Except the zoo wasn't so tight. So you had a certain freedom that was part of the narrative. Okay? But what? it's at what cost? You're going to lose something. You are going to lose your humanness. But nobody knows what being a human is, is anymore. Even saying this would be like, what does that mean? I'm a human. I'm like, yeah, I don't even know what being a human means. People don't even know anymore what is a human being. To say human being also is a problem. Just the word human being is subject to problem. Because when I say human being, what does your brain think? Immediately. It will think man, woman. Can't say that. Because that would imply that there's gender. And that would offend some people who are having a subjective experience that if they're a man, that they're a woman. So now if you say that human being equals man and woman, well, what does that make them? So they're not really humans. So you are now offending them. And so you cannot say, you cannot, very, you cannot speak about human because now the very nature of it is a threat or an insult or a derangement for people. Now, this is, I'm not having a conversation about this. I'm just saying, this is what human is. By the very nature. You say human, woman, woman. Huh? Man, woman. Huh? That, we start. This is what we start. First thing, man, woman. What do we do now? So, when I say that people don't know what it means to be a human being anymore, I remember one of, when I came across this years ago in a book written by a person that is considered by many people a holy man. Another conversation for another time. But I remember saying, it's like, first step is become a real human being. And this person is not a person who's into the new age. That means it doesn't write words so that they sound nice. It's very sharp and clear. I'm like, be a human being. Man, maybe it's like 2002 or 2001. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? But because I like the dude, I resonated with him and his writings are like, oh, sterile and strong and precise and they're not trying to sell you something. I'm like, what? It like went through. I'm like, what? What does that mean? You'd presume that this is so simple to understand. 20 years later, I'm like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. 
uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Thank you for naming the process that I've had to undergo through, which is the beginning phase of spirituality. First, become a human, because being human is spiritual. But because you're no longer a human, you ain't spiritual, so you gotta invent yourself a spirituality to compensate for the fact that you ain't human, which is spiritual. Does that make sense to you? Scratch that, start it over. So now spirituality is complicated because you don't have one because you're not a human. You're some kind of biological uh, robot. And in a minute, you're going to be a full-fledged biological robot, like full power. Now it's still under the jurisdiction of mind entities. But you soon, it's going to be like in your, your, your body is going to be holding it down. It's going to be awesome. Listen, it's a trip. Living in this day and age, it's a trip. You know? And... Uh, to quote another teacher of mine, it says, you may be in hell, but uh, if you follow the path, it's like you walking with boots. Ain't not, it's not gonna burn you. I'm not really quoting him, I'm, I flipped the story in my way. So, but it's like, you're not gonna, it's not gonna hurt you, but you're, you're walking on, on coals, but you got the boots, so who cares? I got my tin boots, don't worry about it. It's a very special time to see. This is a very special time, especially if you have a, you have a little bit of distancing. And uh, you've worked on a certain kind of maturity and yeah, you've gained a certain level of clarity that you're not so susceptible to the influences of the outside, which are so strong, so strong, so strong. It's really something like, I remember myself being a kid and a teenager and I grew up when everything started to boom. So I was in, my teenage years were in the 90s. So in the 90s, the machines media, marketing, brands, it all started. Everything that people are consuming today became what it is in the 90s. It existed before. Adidas existed before. Nike existed before. Puma existed before. All these, they all existed, but, but it became a thing. It became part of the culture in the 90s. The 90s are a special, special, special decade. So I was in my teenage year when they turned that thing on. That's the first wave of absolute consumer slaves. But there was a couple of minutes, I'm born in, the, in 1978, so I was in the 80s too, I lived in, in Saudi Arabia for a minute, so I'm like, so then I'm injected. I remember when I was in Saudi Arabia and I, spoke, I was speaking to my, to my little friend who, who was still in Canada, he's like, do you know Michael Jackson? I'm like, I don't know who Michael Jackson is. But I remember the feeling, like, listen, I was six. I remember the feeling, like, do you know Michael Jackson? That sting, I'm like, no. I don't know Michael Jackson. Who's Michael Jackson? You know, as a kid, you're like, do you, do you, you know this car? It's like, no, I want to know that car. I'm like, no, I don't know who's that, who's that? And I also remember uh, a feeling saying in me, I didn't have the words, I'm like, I don't fucking care about Michael Jackson. Who the fuck's Michael Jackson? I don't care. I remember the, the, the two sensations of I don't care and hey, I'm missing out on something why I'm missing out on something. I don't want to miss out on something. So don't lose, don't lose my flow. Stay with me. So in, in the 90s, it kind of got locked in. And then I received all these impressions and videos and music on TV influencing you and you're just like receiving it nonstop. And your parents don't even know what's going on. My dad is working. He's an engineer. He go to work. He, he wakes up at, I don't know, 6.30. He late. Then he goes, drives an hour in traffic. Does I don't know what, then at the time, because we didn't know, 
not everybody had two cars yet at the time. And he, depending on he could get a ride, he would take him the bus home. Then he would give him a lift from the bus station. And he home, he's about 6.30. It's dark outside, right? He's like, he's tired. He's had a long day. And then the mom's, she eventually went, went, goes back to work. She just had a day. She picked me up, took me to this activity, took to that activity. Then she's making the meal. Everybody's just tired. And you just spent a whole day in hell listening to idiosities and all kinds of nonsense. You just want to watch TV. You want to disconnect from your miserable life, right? So everybody's, so they don't know what's happening through television. They enjoy it for a little bit, but my parents from Egypt from another time. It's like they, 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 they cannot even imagine that there's a technology that is going to take away your own children and brainwash them and make them into permanent consumers. And I, and I have glimpses in my mind of sometimes my father looking at me as like, what's wrong with him? Like, I want, I want. And he kind of looks at you like that. He never been like that, right? He's from Egypt. And at some point, Egypt, it was a monarchy and then became socialist. Hey, at some point, they had nothing. So that's old school living, hard times. And he kind of looking at you, he's like, what's wrong with my son? He's possessed. And he, I remember his eyes because he, he never got that stung, right? He may have got it later, but he's, you know, he's not totally constructed by it. So he's like, what's wrong with him? And, he's not, and the kid doesn't stop until you give it to him because it's like if his life depends on it. So my father was, uh, let's say, more strict. He's like, no. And then the mom, who's much more sensitive to your neurosis or anxieties, she's like, no, this is more than I want this. It's like existential for him. I, I, we need to give him this. And then you start to realize there's a culture around. He goes to school. People are talking about the shoes, the t-shirts, the dress, the, the toys. And it's like, if, you're, if you don't have that, then you are rejected or you suffer a, a certain kind of suffering that is due to that you don't have what other people have. So the mom's like, well, uh, you know, we got, we got money. It's just $5. Let's buy them. Let's buy them and shut them up. And, and, and it just keeps on growing because it's not... One toy, it's another toy, and it, it's updated and just more and more and more and more and more. And anyway, all these brands just start to come to light, and it's possessing your mind. You lose yourself. You don't, you don't know up or down. You have no sense of anything. So, is that being a human being? No, these desires aren't even yours. They were injected in you. You don't even perceive yourself. You don't even know how to feel yourself. Every time you come to feel yourself, there's a million things inside of you that have been implanted in you. Let alone culture, and let alone that you live in a certain country, or your parents are from a certain religion. This is like deeper conditioning. We're talking about like mainstream conditioning, which is super, super intense. Well, next thing you know, being a human is the last thing you, that makes any sense to you. Imagine, let's say in 30, 30 years, I've seen from 2010 to 2020, no conversation on transsexualism to that if you speak about, do you say the word man or woman, somebody may get offended. And even if they don't even want to partake in such a conditioning, it's just now plugged into your brain. You're like, I've seen this and I've witnessed it and I witnessed the conditioning within my own self. Imagine 20, 30 years from now, the kids who are born now, they're born in that atmosphere. They will never even know that there is a thing as a man, woman. 
And this is not a conversation as, is there such thing as men or? I'm like, no, that's the foundation of being a human being. That's all I'm trying to say. So, imagine, at least 50 years ago, even though there was a confusion and religion reigned supreme, had conditioned people, at least everybody knew from a nature's point of view, there's the man and the woman, and they come together to procreate, to give life so that there's a continuation under the church or under whatever church, meaning any kind of ideological system that is controlling or ruling society. Today, this basic natural principle doesn't exist. Now, we can have a conversation about how, why is it good. I, I, I have no opinion about this. I'm just saying being a human is gone. Nobody knows anymore what it means to be a human being. And the depth and the implications and the power and the responsibility that comes with the title of being a human being. What are you talking about? You see, this is the mystery. So I said, you're born as a human being. That means you're a child of nature. You're a man or a woman. This is at the foundational level, right? And you're given a certain power, which is your sexual power, which allows you to create life. So now look at how our, the mainstream narrative is taking the foundations of being a human and just breaking them apart. Human, sex, meaning sexuality, gender, sorry, man, woman, gone. Sexuality, do as you please. That means you have this cosmic, supreme, crystallized power in your, in your pants, and you could do whatever you want. What is that power? How does that power work? What is, the risk, what is part of that power I have if I'm a man or if I'm a woman? What's, what's, what does that power do? What is my responsibility when I have that power? What is creation? That means when a man, masculine power and a feminine power come together, what does it do? How does it come together? How does it dance together? Why can't it come together? What does it give birth to when it comes together? What happens when it has given birth to something? What's my relationship to that? And then that, that does, it, ha, it creates ripples effects in time forever. Now I'm responsible for this. What does that mean to be responsible? Resilience, strength, vision, foresight. And why am I doing all of this? What's, is this my power? Is this, I do whatever I want with this? Just look how far we've gone with just human being as a word. So, if you want to rule over a people, and this is not done in 20 years, we're talking about generations and generations and generations and thousands and thousands and thousands. It's even arguable that the so-called amazing era that people, because people like to romanticize everything. Let's say in India, they, they're their sense of time is much larger than ours. Their civilization exists for, I don't know, 10,000 years. That this was the holy grail, the greatest, right? It was so evolved. We can have another conversation about that another time. But uh, says who? Number one. Number two, it was also, they're Hindus. They're not really Hindus, that's how they call it. But there's a, there's a dogma around that. They say Sanatna Dharma, fine, and this is the nature way. Yeah, but, uh, you know, when you organize nature, it's no longer nature. 
when the organization, when, when the code, when your observation of nature becomes now the new rules of nature, it's no longer nature's flow, it's how you perceived it and organized it, now imposed that upon nature in the name of nature. That's not nature no more, even though it's precise and it's extremely meticulous. Anyways, there's so much to say. All I'm trying to say is that conditioning is there all the way to the core of our humanity and has been going on for so long. And in order to rule a people, you need to remove their power. What power do you have? The real power, your sexual power. It's the, essentially the only thing you really have. Well, it comes with your body. It is what allows you to give life to. Now, what you will give life to is another question. How to give life to and what should you give life to is another question. But you see these people like, I don't know, we fucking we have a child. Or I've decided to dedicate myself to making a song. Well, it begs, us the, begs the questions. What's the point of life? What is the point of being a human being? What is your responsibility? Anyways, so much to say. I, I, I started with uh, the virus and I brought it all the way to what it, being, what, me, what it means to be a human being and the responsibilities of being a human being and by the, the default the nature, sexuality and men and women. Voila. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Jayan.tv Living Podcasts. For more premium content on living spirituality, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any of our newest episodes. For the full video production of this content, be sure to visit our Jayan.tv YouTube and BitChute channels. You can also access Jayan's book, The Human Experience, which is available for free download at Jayan.tv. And if you appreciate our content and wish to support the growth of these channels, we invite you to make a donation. All links in the description below.